Let's just say my family had some questions. Oh, they. <laughs> All right. I believe we are live on Facebook. This is Jake with Radio Underland. Hold on. I need to check the streams because I'm in the shithole of America where internet doesn't work for crap. It says that I'm live, so I think it's working. Hold on. Let me share this around a little bit. And if you're just tuning in, you can share this around to your friends. Uh, hold on. Oh, why is it doing that view? Hang on. Uh, okay, hold on. Hold on. We're coming in hot. Hot, hot and stupid. So who all do I have with me tonight? We got Missy. We got Missy. Missy, Missy, no, Missy no motherfucking filter himself. <laughs> Mr. No motherfucking filter himself, also known as Mr. Uh, Mr. King of Contact, the anti-social distancer, <laughs> Mr. Charles Caesar, is joining us tonight. Now, Charles is a, is he's a good friend of mine. And uh, what happened was we had Tom. I guess we record this for the podcast too. Okay, there we go. Well, once again, this is Radio Underland coming at you live, starting <laughs> over. Uh, so, anyways, you have Missy here. We have Charles, Mr. Anti social contact, whatever. He bucks the system. Mr. No Filter, Charles Caesar himself. We've got Steph with us. Steph, uh, Steph, are you there? He's working on it. He's working on it. Oh, his mic's muted. Uh, maybe I muted it. Let me unmute that. Unmute. Unmute. Steph, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. All right, so we got Stefan and we got Aaron. And Aaron, you were Aaron, you were just telling me that you you won't share this show anymore on your timeline. And why is that? Do you remember how we started off the show last week? That was last week. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's just when you when you share things and then your family sees that you're being asked if you eat ass. <laughs> <laughs> your family was asking you if you eat ass. What they asked? Why would they ask you that question? Well, I mean, you are you're a chef, right? <laughs> yeah, you gotta that's... taste the goods. I mean, uh, you know, is that really the goods, though? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, well, I mean, I don't say, know, man. Did that's you tell me what uh, young guys? Did you, did you tell him it was coronavirus? Uh... I did. I told him, you know, they go, is that what you got from that? You didn't hear the part where you shouldn't be doing that because of coronavirus? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Aaron is here. Aaron refuses to uh, to share the show on his uh, personal timeline because uh, we asked him last week if he uh, ever asked his, his dates that he's dating online, whether or not they eat ass. And, but anyways, like I said, Charles is here. Now, Charles... Uh, you made it in the news this last week, and the way that you made it in the news was because you were having a house party. And yes, I here you go. You said what about the house party? Oh yeah. So so Charles, how do you feel about this uh, this uh, social distancing, Mister King? I think it's a little um, dramatic at this point. Um, I think people need to fucking relax, you know, and take a fucking chill pill. I mean, do I believe it exists? Yeah, of course. The, the virus is out there. But, at you know, this, as far as the seriousness about it, it's not as, you know, at a high level as what the media is trying to, you know, put out. Well, okay. So this last weekend, and okay, the weekend before, you had a, you had a house party out there in Temecula. You had a bunch of people there. You had a DJ spinning, all that kind of stuff. This last weekend... Yeah. 
like a Sunday barbecue with a taco man and all that kind of stuff and music playing. Yeah. How, how did the media get a hold of you on this last, your, your last party that you did? Because you ended up, you ended up in some articles that started floating around the internet and they started, did they, I don't even think they used your real name. They started calling you Mr. No Filter. Um, yeah, how, they, did they, they, how did they contact you? Well, it started off with me trolling the page. Like it was, um, it was a strip, it was a strip club page. You heard the strip club bliss. They were open still. And, and you know, the whole world was mad about it. Um, so I went on their, um, Instagram. And I started talking shit in the comments, you know, calling, you know, the men in there bitches because they were complaining that women want to still get naked in this time of, you know, stress, the stress level is high right now. I mean, I, I was asking them like, well, why are you guys like really getting mad at these women for still working at this time? And then I guess a reporter saw my comments, thought it was hilarious, contacted me through Instagram and say, I need your number so I can, you know, call you and talk to you. I want to put you in my story. And so I just, and in, in doing that, I brought up the fact that, because she asked me the same question basically about how serious, how serious is this coronavirus to you? And I mentioned that, you know, um, I'm not really, you know, too concerned about it because, you know, I mean, not, a, I'm not a, that concerned to where I'm throwing parties. She's like, oh, really? Tell me about these parties. And that's when it went from there. It went on from there. And she's like, oh, okay. So you just had an inner world party and all that. And then, yeah, sent her the flyer. She was like, okay, I'm about to, you know, spread this. I mean, she's like, she wanted to know more. And I think she wants to do an actual personal one-on-one interview. And she was trying to get a lot of info out of me. She was trying to find out exactly where it was and when's the next one. And I was just being real, like, you know, bullshitting her. I was like, oh, you know, we don't know yet whatnot but yeah that's how it went now oh hold on let me let me let me ask you this okay because the social distancing you know and and one of the one of the one of the people that are susceptible or or it could be a little bit more hazardous to their health are pregnant people and you have a wife that's pregnant i mean does that is is there going to be a time okay so right now in san Bernardino, it's not that bad you're having people over you're throwing these parties but your wife is pregnant. Is there going to come a time, like, is it going to reach a certain mass criticalness that you're going to say, okay, we're not having more, any more parties and we're actually going to social distance ourselves? Or are you just going to carry on through this the whole way out? Like, you don't give, like, you don't care. You don't think it's that big of a deal. You're going to keep going. I mean, if it comes to a point to where it does, it, it, it's an actual fact that it's really affecting her health wise. I mean, of course, I'm going to stop because, you know, families first. But if it's just a rumor or people are just, you know, giving their opinions on, you know, oh, pregnant women are, you know, at high risk or whatnot. No, I'm not going to stop. I don't really don't give a shit about opinions or whatnot. I go with the facts. You know, people might say that it is a fact that pregnant women are at high risk, but, you know, Jamie's fine. She's fine, you know, and she's for what I'm doing, you know, and I love her for it. You know, she's supporting everything I do. I mean, I can't be no filter if I ain't going to throw parties regardless of what's going on. You know? Yeah, but. <laughs> I mean, I heard, I heard one, I heard one, uh, one scientist break it down like this. You have a bag of 80 M&Ms, 14 of those M&Ms will make uh, you really sick. And now the statistics, the, the statistics have lowered. And so maybe one of those M&Ms would kill you. So you're telling me that you're uh, the type of guy that if you had a 80 M&Ms in front of you, 14 will make you really sick. And one of them would kill you. You'd still eat some M&Ms. If I had 80 M&Ms and 14 would kill me? No, 14 will make you really sick and one will kill you. Okay. Oh, I'm taking that chance. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. 
taking that chance all day. I know you're taking that chance, but how many are you going to eat? Are you going to eat just one? Are you going to start mowing down half the bag? Like how far are you? I'm going to eat the whole, I'm going to eat the whole bag. (laughs) No, then you're dead because one's the whole motherfucking bag. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So, I mean, some, some news articles came out today, or, or not news articles, but I was listening to KFI, and they had a doctor on there, and the doctor was saying that they're starting to lower the death rate of this particular, you know, virus outbreak, especially in California. We're coming ahead, and what was like, you know, uh, 2% is down to like 0.6%. Now, 0.6%, that's a, that's, now we're getting into it. I mean, that's still a lot of people if it was to break out across the United States. Uh, like our traditional flu, but 0.6% lowering it down to that is uh, a lot better than when it was up to 4%, 2%, etc. Do you think, Charles, that any of this social distancing is coming into play and slowing down the spread of this virus? Does staying at home, does it at least help? It doesn't help at all, if you ask me. I mean, it doesn't help Because people are still going to the grocery stores. Like people are still going and you know running their errands, which you know the virus can be at grocery stores, banks, anywhere. I don't think it really you know you know stops it completely or controls it, you know, because people are still at risk regardless because you know their kids might have it; they don't know The people that are in their household might have it already. Yeah, and but you the, minimize the risk. Don't even know how long. It's, yeah, you minimize it, but. I, I honestly don't see, you know, I mean, you can say it can help, but I don't see a dramatic help. I think it's still, the numbers will still be the same regardless. I honestly don't agree with them shutting everything down. I mean. Makes zero sense. I know, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> like, like no sense. That's like the flu. Take the flu that we know everything about. Or even a common cold. If you spend 95% of your time at home, does it minimize the risk of you getting a cold from someone else on the street? No. Of course it does, because you're not spending time out there with people in the, in the, on the streets. I mean, you can go to, a, like I said, you can go somewhere where that person was and touch a railing or anything they've touched and still, you know. You can't, but if you have 100 people touching the railings on a regular day, and then because uh-huh. everybody's on their quarantine, now you have three people touching the same railings. You're going to tell me that it doesn't lower the amount of people that are going to pick up on the virus at all? I honestly don't think it does because what they're as a contagious as they're saying it is, it's not going to matter. If this shit's living on shit for days or like. No, I'm just saying even, raw numbers. I mean, just like raw I said, numbers. I mean, I mean, I honestly think just like I said, the contagion, but as much as they're saying it's contagious, it's not going to matter. Like it's gonna live on certain, you know, objects or whatnot for a long period of time. So you can you're gonna get it sooner or later. I mean, I think we've honestly either had it or we're all gonna get it, or we have it now, everybody. And it's just based off your immune system, how how strong it is, or if you have a condition to where it's too weak to, you know, fight it off. My opinion. I want to know where you learn math at. I don't know. <laughs> it's really a math thing. I think it's just no, like it's like they say, like it's so contagious. I mean, what what's staying in the house is what is it going to do for you? You still got to go to the store, you know, and ask people grabbing baskets all day and just grabbing, you know, products. Of course, the- uh, but once again, it limits your exposure to it. 
I so mean, you have less of a chance. If you're out with every day, 100 days a year, and that's your, that's your doing your thing, so one every three days. If you narrow that down to one day instead of one every three days, it still it minimizes the amount of time that you're putting yourself at risk in order to pick up the virus. I mean, so I think because you're not spreading it, people are not picking it up. I, I think it does limit. Maybe. It might, <laughs> it might help a little. I mean, he just doesn't. Okay, Charles, you just okay. You just don't give it. I don't know. I mean, I mean, okay. I I get it when you're coming at the point of you know, 99 people out of 100 that even catch the coronavirus are going to survive. I get it. That's statistically where the math is. Yeah, but yeah. still, I I mean, it at one time it was four people out of 100 might die if they caught it. Now it's down to 0.6, so less than one person if they catch it um, would would actually pass. But well, they're the saying, I mean. Okay, okay. Do you think that they should have shut down this whole economy and everything? Like, we're destroying the economy in, in America and all that stuff. Do you think that we should have just carried on with business as usual in America, Charles? Yes. yes. Absolutely, right? Yeah. Because you got to think, when you were growing up, well, when I was growing up, you know, what did they say? To, you know, let your kids get dirty, let your kids play in the mud, let your kids play in the dirt. You build your immune system. You know, if you're running away from, you know, this shit and you're always, you know, if you're in a bubble, the, the, you're, you have a high chance of dying from it when you do get it. So it's like, why are you going to hide people from this virus? I mean, shit. I mean, it's like like the, the cases we're hearing, the people that are dying from it have like heart problems, asthma, like there, there's a, a pre-existing issue they have. And it just, you know, puts and makes it, you know, become worse when this virus, you know, attaches themselves to them. But I, I agree I with the get, first half. You know, <laughs> I agree with the first yeah, half of exactly. what you said, but not the second half. I think you do, as a person, have to challenge your immune system from time to time. Otherwise, even when the very small viruses come through, they tear you alive. It's like going to the gym. You know what I mean? First day you go, you can run for 30 seconds. Second day you go, you can run for a minute. You know, five years out, you can run for five hours straight with no problem at all. You have to condition your system, and that includes your, your immune system along with everything else. What I <laughs> what I wouldn't do is whether they're correct or incorrect. I would not put my own family members and friends at risk because if I am the asshole and I'm just being a dick because I don't believe what everybody's saying, and I get somebody sick, then you know, then it's my own fault for for being a dick about it. Yeah. Well, okay, and also I think this. I think when you're talking about yeah, building up immunity in kids, let them play in the dirt and eat their own shit and stuff like that. That's a different story because the, the flu that we've been talking about that we've there's different strains of the flu that we get in our everyday seasonal flu. But that seasonal flu is something that there's aspects of it that we've already built up immunity to. And I guess the thing that makes this virus different is it because it's a different kind of a flu family where the human race doesn't really have any internal um, immunity or, or built up resistance to it because it's something that's completely new. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I'm going to play one on Facebook just like every other motherfucker out there that plays one on Facebook and doesn't know shit. But, you know, it's all speculation right now. But at the same time, like I said, I did hear a scientist talking on uh, KFI. I was listening to KFI today, and they are statistically moving the numbers down. And I even heard earlier in the week that there was this medical group in a medical study that came out of the UK where the, and this was a lot of the paranoia that started at the beginning of this whole pandemic was from the scientists in his group over in the UK. And initially they were saying that they were expecting 
uh, 2 million deaths in America and 500,000 in the UK. Now, he himself has revised his numbers, and I didn't hear what he said about the United States specifically, but he did revise his numbers for the UK specifically, where he was initially claiming for 500,000 deaths. That's what was uh, forecast. And they, he moved that down to 20,000, which is a, a huge, huge, huge drop. Now, take and, a wild guess on why he changed those numbers. Well, I mean, it, what is it? Is it, is it, is it the it's fact the, that it's social government distancing? Social distancing. Everybody <laughs> taking their breaks and taking their gaps and shit. It just you can't spread as quickly as it would normally if everybody was in the workspace and everybody was running normal routine. Yeah, and I think I think that we are flattening the curve, and I think California is doing a whole lot better than New York. But of course, New York—I mean—that's more of a difficult place to do the social distancing because people live on top of each other. But I think we're doing a much better job in California. But I think our living situation also prepares us for uh, where we're able to social distance. You know, we're not—we all don't live in a high-rise uh, apartment building. We're all not jumping in the same elevator, hitting the same buttons, all that kind exactly. of stuff. Exactly. Like Charles was saying earlier, it's like, well, people are still going to the grocery store. They're still doing the things in their day-to-day. Yes, but they're taking precautions. I mean, I don't know anybody right now that isn't going to the gas station. And if you have rubber gloves, I have rubber gloves. I go to the gas station. When I get out of the truck, I put on rubber gloves. I pump the gas. I touch everything. I throw those rubber gloves away when I'm leaving the gas station. Then I go in and I spray my hands with hand sanitizer and I wipe down my steering wheel and wipe down everything. I mean, yes, we do have to still function in the day-to-day society, but I think people are really taking some strong steps and it is helping to flatten this curve. Because in New York, I mean, you see doctors all over Facebook, all over uh, YouTube, et cetera. And these doctors, I mean, they don't have the masks, they don't have the respirators, they don't have the personal protection equipment that they need. And it's bad news in New York. And there's hospitals here in California where it's bad news. But I think we are doing a better job in California. And I, I think that the social distancing is, is working. And um, Also, you know, like you said, in, in New York, the layout is a lot different than here is in California. Yes. In New York, they have to build up because they don't have the uh, real estate to spread people out like that. Everybody lives on right. top of each other. Whereas here in California... Everybody has acreage. They have a little bit of space where you can separate yourselves from the general public. New York's not, this is completely different. People get to work. A lot of people don't have cars. They take the subway. You know what I mean? They're taking taxis and Ubers and shit like that to get to work. So they're used to being right next to each other all the time. So even when they are practicing social distancing, it makes it difficult because of the proximity of the amount of people who live in New York City alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, New York City is the one city where, I mean, I think all the major, you know, uh, cities where there's a lot of uh, concentrated living, Chicago, New York, uh, that those kind of situations, I'm glad that I'm not in those situations. And even in our big cities such as uh, L.A., even our L.A. is spread out a little more so. And I, I, I hopefully we don't get into the situation as New York. Now, I'm not an expert on this. Is New York ahead of us on the timeline or are we ahead of New York? And New York's ahead of us on the timeline, right? They're like a, a few days or a week ahead of us as far as the outbreak actually beginning. Does anybody know? Mm. I'll take that as a no. I do Aaron, know our mayor's okay. being fucking, the governor's being dramatic in California. Oh, Newsom? You're not a big fan of Newsom? You think he's being Man. dramatic? Okay, Fuck how is he no. being dramatic? Let me know. Let me know how, he be, how he's being dramatic. What the fuck does, you know, shutting down certain things have to do with this virus? You know, the sale of alcohol, the like, 
You like he already took everybody's livelihood away. Like, oh, we shut down everything. This dude is Hitler for fucking California right now. He is taking advantage of his power. He's power tripping. Like this guy is literally, you know, LA is on fire right now. Uh, from what I'm hearing, my friends are out there. They're saying like it's no joke. The cops are like literally regulating curfew. Like you can't come out unless you're like an essential employee. Like real shit. Here in IE, they ain't really. They don't give a fuck about that shit. But LA County, they do. Nukem ain't playing. The mayor of LA too. They them too. They loving this right now. And Nukem as far like I don't understand it. Like the whole fucking like now I hear he's trying to you know, like like I said the the um sell of alcohol. Like, what does it have to do with the coronavirus? It seems like he's taking businesses, like, he's just, you know, chopping their legs off. And then the whole shutting down their water and their utilities, if they're not well, cooperating. Yeah, he's shutting down water and utilities for, for, okay, now, but this is an issue. This is an issue. And he was saying that he's shutting down water and utilities for businesses that were still operating that were non-essential. Now, here's the, <laughs> the issue. And that was just a cough because I was choking on my Coors Light. I'm not dying. And if I am dying, <laughs> so all you guys are good. But this is what's going on, and this is something that I have an issue with, or I just find it interesting. Because as far as I know, as far as I know, and I'm not an expert, but as far as I know, like all these governor recommendations and stuff like that, martial law is not in place. So you still have your Bill of Rights. You still have the ability to move around. These are just very, very strong recommendations. So you can strong recommendate all you want, but... Until martial law comes in place, it's like, how are you going to enforce that? Like, for instance, there was a pastor at this fucking nut job in Florida. His name is, uh, well, I'll think of it here in a little bit. But anyways, there's this pastor in Florida, right? And this is the same guy that was out two weeks ago, and he was, he was praying over America, and he said he was rebuking the coronavirus from coming to America. Well, that must have fell on deaf ears because it's here. And so this Rodney Howard Brown, that's the pastor's name. And so this guy uh, in Florida, they had recommended that, you know, no gatherings over 250, all that kind of stuff. So this guy kept on having church services, even until this last Sunday, he was having a church service. So the police on Monday, I believe, I believe yesterday, they show up at his house, they arrest him, and they, and they, they take him in, uh, Rodney Howard Brown, this church in Florida. So they take him in. But my question is this, what right do they have to arrest this guy? If it's just a recommendation I mean, I see, I see everybody saying, oh, you need to stay in. But it's, it's like what? It's like stay in or else. Now, I myself, I'm doing the right thing and I'm staying in. I've been out a couple times, but it's been in my Jeep in the middle of nowhere in the hills with the wind blowing at 20 miles an hour. I haven't been around really people. Um, but this Rodney Howard Brown. Now, if they, if they were to declare martial law, then they can arrest anybody at any time as they see fit. And the military and the police make that call. But right now, like, I'm interested to see what happens with this pastor in Florida when his attorney gets a hold of this and they arrested this guy. Is he going to be released or do they really have a case? Because, I mean, okay, so he bucked the system on a strong recommendation. I think he's an idiot, but at the same time, does he have the right to do that? Steph, did you hear about that pastor in uh, Florida? Uh, Steph's doing something else. Uh, Charles, what do you think about that pastor in Florida with the government stepping in and shutting down a church that wants to have their services? I think it was just a petty move. I know. I think he's going to get released as soon as his lawyer gets involved. I think they did it based off, you know, that he was, you know, non-cooperative and they did it like petty move. Like, but are we going to arrest you and then threaten you and scare tactic you to death until your lawyer comes and this actually hits the real court and then you're just going to get released regardless? Because there's no actual law stating that he was wrong for it. Like you said, it's a recommendation. Right now, it's just, you know, it's 
advise, they're advising us, you know, this is, this is the best thing for us. You know, it's not an actual law, you know, in. Why are like they only fucking with the church though? That's what I want to know. And that's another thing. The church is so, they give the church so much fucking like freedom. And then for them to, you know, to touch that, that's a real touchy um, situation. Cause you know, the church is protected religion. So, you know, that can go either way. He can take that either way he wants. Discrimination, whatever. He can do whatever he wants with that. So it's like, I don't know how they even fucked with it. Like, I don't even know why they fucked with it. But, hey, they did. Like I said, either the officer or whoever was dealing with it was petty. Was like, fuck it, I'm going to take you in or whatever. But I don't know. You probably don't even know the full story. Maybe he did something else. He broke another law. Something they're not telling uh, us. Maybe. Maybe. But, uh, you know, Don in the comments and uh, Don said, was it a request or an order? He said, in California right now, we have an order right now and people have been receiving tickets for failing to follow. And we've seen that happen a few times. I I saw one article this week where there was a surfer uh, that was heading out to hit the waves and he was on the beach and the cop said, no, you can't be here. And the surfer said, or what? And the cop said, or here's your $1,000 ticket. Um, Well, that was for trespassing. That was see, that's tra- a petty move. That too. was for trespassing because they closed down the beaches. Yeah, closed the beach. You get a ticket on a regular day, even without this. If you're if they close the beach and you're on there, you can get a ticket for not following. You know. Yeah, and, and and I agree with that thought. But my my question is like going into the church into a church where it's not it's not a government owned building. It's not trespassing like it was at the beach. I mean, uh-huh. how do you? Show- and then I saw one other, it was a governor, any, I'll say politician, because I don't know what his actual office was. Uh, and I want to say it was in New Jersey. And he was talking about, because there's other churches that have been out there that have been open. And he said that if you keep having these services, we will come in and request that you shut it down. And if you don't, then they're going to lock down the building, like almost kind of condemn it in a way. Um, nah, so nah, that, that's, that. No, this was from a politician's mouth. I saw it today. In fact, uh, it was, it was posted on uh, Ben Shapiro's page. In fact, if I, well, I can't show it right I now. I think that's bullshit. I think if people want to go to church and risk their own lives, it's completely up to them. They're stuck in one building with amongst themselves. That's their own shit. You know what but I mean? That's the th- but the thing is, is that, yeah, they're risking their own lives, but at the same time, they're going back out into the world and infecting others too. Because they don't give a shit. Well, the real people are staying at home and doing their own shit and only going out for their essential like, needs. Like, what about that one uh, church that had like 170 um, people okay. in their choir yeah. Yeah. and then okay. 60 let something showed let me, up? Let me, let, me, let me tell that story. Okay, so what she's talking about was there's a church, I don't know where it was, someplace middle of America, right? And they had they had a big choir, right? So this church decided they were debating when all this stuff kicked off, whether or not to have their choir rehearsal. And they decided to go through with it. So they had 110 people at this choir rehearsal. Somebody was there was positive and they made sure that nobody was touching hands. Nobody was hugging each other. You know, they, they, they made it like, let's kind of social distance, but they were in that close space for, for a period of time, uh, singing old rugged cross or whatever they sang. Now, that choir of 110 people that met, somebody was positive and spread it to 43 people at that one encounter. 43 people tested positive from that one encounter of one person having, uh, you know, the coronavirus and testing positive. So that had brought up a whole bunch of other debates where they're saying, well, if they weren't touching each other, there was like some food that was laid out, like some tangerines or something that people were grabbing at. 
And so they're trying to figure out whether they all got this from the tangerines. How, how did it spread that fast in this group of 110 people? Because that, that brings up the whole debate of whether it's, well, no, they told them, they told them not to shake hands. They told them to, you know, no shake, no handshakes, no, no uh, touching. Uh, you know, and think still, about this though. It's a choir practice. They're singing. Their voices are going all out. The viruses that was inside the guy is going all over the room. So that's how they got it. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. But, but people are thinking that uh, you know you have to actually you know touch your face or touch something. But I mean, if you're in close pro, I heard another scientist talking about it the other day. If you're in close proximity, like one-on-one conversation with somebody, if somebody just comes by you in passing, you're not going to catch it because you have to have enough of a dose of the virus in, in you to be actually be uh, you know like a lethal dose almost. But if you're in close conversation with somebody that has it and you you are breathing that same air, I mean. Kind of in that choir situation, 43 people got it. So I'm curious to see what happens to those 43 people because it looked like all these people were old as fuck. And I'm curious to see how many of those people out of 43, if anybody actually passes on this. And I know it's sad I, to think I, that. I thought they did already curious. announce it. I thought Some they did dying? announce it. Yeah, I, I think that fun. like a few were in critical condition. A few of them passed away because there were some young kids that are younger folk in there. I just, that's just really risky. I'd rather stay in my bubble. Forever. Forever? Okay, maybe not forever, but like this, it's not going to go away overnight. No, it's not going to go overnight. And, and uh, of course, if, even, if, even if they lift it, even if they lift it, I'm not going to go out tomorrow and be like, yeah, let's go to Disney. It's just no way. It doesn't hey, go away overnight. And that's exactly why it doesn't matter if they they should just open businesses again because people are still going to be paranoid. They can they could have just said, look, if you guys are afraid or, you know, you guys will be safe, stay home. A lot of people will stay home without the order. A lot of people have common sense to stay home without the order. They can't even stay home now. Yeah, but then, okay, you're right. A lot of people have the common sense to stay home. But then there's the guys that are having Taco Man parties on a Sunday with, with, hey. with no social distancing in place that don't listen to that kind of stuff. But, okay, but, and, but then there's a difference too. <laughs> he's around those people all the time. That's his like inner circle of people that he sees all the time, right? Yeah. So there's that. But then there's the worry of like you going back to work in a place where there's hundreds of random people that we have no idea where they've been. You know what I mean? I just don't feel comfortable of you going back to work with being around people you don't know personally and you don't know where they've been. So they have to have have that same risk if I go back to work. So they have to have this stay order because you don't know everyone. You don't know where they've been or who they've been with. Like, I just even if you know if you know everybody, that still doesn't prevent you from catching it because no. they probably saw somebody no. that they didn't know. That's why they're trying to do the order. I think that's why also like, you know, Amazon right now, how many cases are they getting? Everybody's ordering from Amazon like crazy because that's all they could really do unless they go out and buy the stuff. Right. That's why uh, that's the bullshit with the whole essential worker thing where oh, I'm an essential worker. I'm working, but look at, look at what's happening. You're an essential worker, but you're risking yourself. There's how many people mm-hmm. that got it already in Amazon? At the warehouses that they work at, yeah, it's, it's scary. A lot of people. 
All I know is that Bert in the comments said that Charles is the guy that you want to stay away from because he's got way too much booty juice wiped all over his ass. But, okay. All right, so how's everybody feeling about them extending this out another 30 days? Trump has made the call that this we're going to the end of April. We've got one more month at least on this lockdown. Aaron, how do you feel about that? 30 more days of sitting here. I hate it. I just want my fucking sports back. You just want your sport. sport. You wouldn't. Yeah. Well, I heard that Netflix is uh, releasing a Michael Jordan documentary or something like that because they're they're trying to appeal to the yeah. sports fans that are sitting at home, so they're releasing that. Um, Jordan. I mean, I couldn't deal. I couldn't handle another month as financially wise, but I mean, I'm just going bored over here. Yeah. 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 What about you, Raymundo, down there? How are you handling? What do you think about being on lockdown for another thirty days, Raymundo? I agree with Aaron. It sucks. I'd, r- I'd rather be working and shit, you know, like, yeah. Um, financially, but, you know, I, think I could survive another month, but it's just like, there's so much you can do at home. Yeah, well, I know. And I'm hearing I mean, that from I'm, a lot of people. I'm hearing that from a lot of people. They're getting, they're getting a little stir crazy. I mean, you know, all of us that worked our asses off and we're always tired. I think we're well rested up now. And, um, <laughs> right? yeah. I mean, catching myself no, you're not. during the day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're not well rested. You're no, like, I'm, no way, because you're just like, I just woke up 30 minutes ago. I'm really tired. I think I'm going to go back to sleep. That's all you've been doing. Hey, it's that option of that nap life, man. Naps are a real deal. I'm taking Not naps. to mention that you probably have a light case of narcolepsy. Well, I'll tell you this much. I'm not used to being home this night at all. Yeah. yeah that's that's the blessing of the curse for working at home. Yeah, yeah you're able you, to work from home. Yeah, but, I can still do my but, normal yeah, shit. Uh, going back to what Missy said, if I go back to work, I work where thousands of people go every day. You know, working at Downtown Disney. So I wonder how that's going to work out if or when we open up uh, Disneyland again. Yeah, I mean, I mean, me and Charles had this conversation the other day that he thinks like the first weekend that this is back open, like Las Vegas is just going to be popping like it's never popped before. My man, opinion, it's I, don't think, I don't think, I don't think so, man. I think people, well, maybe for Gen I think Z. everything's going to be super busy. Disneyland, Vegas, fucking just businesses, so? bars, everything. Are you See, kidding me? Fuck yeah, they could even stay away from spring break. Dude, I see all these posts on Disney pages. Oh my god, I wish it's open. And then fucking people be posting like, "Oh my god, I miss it so much." I, mean, I get it, Disney's life, but fuck, it's too much. So, so yeah, yeah. So my thing is, the first weekend that if it does open, it's gonna be super fucking crowded. So it's like, fucking stay away. Everywhere. Any, yeah, I don't everywhere. care if it's a fucking hole in the wall. Everywhere is gonna be cracking. Shit, I'm sure my work's gonna everywhere. be cracking once we open. <laughs> that's so scary though that's a, such a scary thought is that I get that people are going stir crazy and I get they're trying to follow the stay home order I get that but it just doesn't go away overnight so like why would they even think that it's okay to just be like alright let's go back to normal life because it's not going to be normal for a while and I get yeah, it but- I get that people need money financially. We need money. Yep. But at oh, the yeah. same time, it's like, okay, so like you just rather risk your life? I don't know. 
I like my bubble. Now, well, look at China I mean, now. Aren't they like back in business or making all this shit now? They're going to school, going back to work. So that's gonna be like China's a China's always lived with. Yeah, my my thing is too. Like we're gonna see how China does with this whole reopening their their businesses, schools, everything. See if the numbers go back up or they stay down. Oh, you know what else is even worse than that? What's going on right now? Did you see the whole thing that um, I think it was either LA Fitness or 24 Hour Fitness or some shit like that got in the in the little bit of boiling water right oh, now yeah, because yeah, they're yeah, still yeah. charging people it's for their monthly membership. Fitness. Yeah. Hey, Planet Fitness is still charging me too. It's bullshit. Like, I was actually ready to go to the gym and shit, like, because I've been having a, a membership, but I haven't went. I'm like, oh, I'm out for work. I'm going to go. And then they close that shit down. And they still charge me. They're charging you. So what they're saying now, basically, is they're going to do like Disney did. And they're going to be uh, putting the time that you missed onto the end of your membership. But they're still going to continue to charge you. Yeah, but, the yeah, but my is the membership isn't ending. renewal. Yeah, exactly. I think, so it's uh, how to renew the memberships. At my gym, which I never go to, uh, <laughs> they give you the option to... Uh, give like a free three-month gym membership to somebody you know or something like that. But they're definitely not going to stop the payments. You still have to make the, make your payments. Yeah, yeah but most people, most people with gyms, they just auto-renew it and they just keep going. You know what I mean? It's it's not like you buy a year membership and then that's it. I mean, most people just auto-renew. So I guess what you'd have to do to get those free months is you'd have to actually end it at the end of your first year contract and not renew and then you and then get your free months at the end of it or something like that yeah but what happens when you're when you're grandfathered in and you already have a stop i don't renew a seven-day trial i did i got charged for that shit (laughs) i remember this shit in a year anybody else notice how raymundo says oh yeah i was getting ready to work out and become arnold schwarzenegger but damn they shut the gym down (laughs) (laughs) It's true though. Like I've been like so busy at work and I have crazy ass hours. Like I haven't had time to do it. But I was like, oh, cool. I'll fucking go now, and it's fucking closed. <clears throat> All right. So uh, let me let me let me break off the Corona talk for a second. So uh, in Washington, I was reading this story today because it's it's hard to find news stories that are happening that aren't actually Corona centric because everything in the media is just talking about the coronavirus and that's it. But how many of you guys like police chases, right? We all like to watch the police chases and wonder what's going to happen. Well, in Washington, police got multiple calls from drivers reporting a 1996 Buick behaving erratically. The driver reportedly hit multiple cars and would speed away, clocking in over 100 miles per hour at some points. When police finally pulled it over, they found the driver in the passenger seat and he was trying to steer and use the gas while his pit bull was in the driver's seat. <laughs> wow! Uh, can we, if you don't mind me uh, asking, what, what was the uh, ethnicity of this said gentleman? Uh, they didn't say, but uh, we can. Okay, it's a pit bull, nineteen ninety six Buick. Uh, I don't want to hold a poll because, uh, but but Steph, let me ask your opinion. He's a fifty one year old man somewhere else. It was in Washington <laughs> State. Fifty one year old oh, man, okay. ninety six Buick with a pit bull in the driver's seat. I almost say he probably has no black black melanin in his skin. He was definitely a nigger. Yeah. (laughs) 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 For real, though, who puts the pit bull in front to drive? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Hey, will you have you seen that driving dog? It's possible. I'm just kidding. Hey, he should have taken it. He should have taken his hand off the wheel and his foot off the accelerator before the cops walked up to the door. 
and just sat there and be like, Your Honor, it was him. Are your 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 policeman policeman this? Uh, it was him driving because then they'd have to prove that it wasn't. You know what I mean? He just takes his hand back, takes his foot back, and said he was driving. He was growling at me. I was afraid to stop him because he kept biting my arm. Uh, so yeah, take him in. Take that motherfucker in because he can't drive for shit. I mean, I I think at that point, at that point, that's what I would do. I, would I wouldn't even say anything. Up. I would I would just take my hands off the wheel and off the gas, and I would put my seatbelt on, and I would sit there, and he would pull up, and I would roll the window down for him, and then say nothing. <laughs> just to see what his response is going to be. Yeah, because at that point, anything you say, I mean, you, you have a strong possibility of incriminating yourself. So you sit back, don't say shit, and let them figure it out. Because what are they going to say in the report? We pulled over a car, and there was a pit bull in the driver's seat. You know what <laughs> there I mean? was a dog yeah. driving and a guy drunk a in the driving. front seat. Yeah, he got, he, he got, he was, the dog was, dog was driving intoxicated. We we're going to book his ass. And I just, need to see a picture of this The dog was a DD. Now, what was that, Charles? He was pretty smart for that. <laughs> he was pretty Six. smart. But they, he fucked up when he still had his foot on the controls and his hand on the steering wheel. He should have kept it. But, oh, but again, but again, but hold on. That's just what the police are saying in the report. I bet you anything, the guy did remove his... Because why would you still have your hand on the wheel when the cops pull you over? And why would you still have your foot on the gas? I bet you anything that that's how the cops wrote the report to make it seem like he was the one driving. But I bet you anything, when they walked up to the car, he was sitting in the passenger seat just minding his own fucking business. Because who's dumb enough? Like, if he was smart enough to put the dog in the driver's seat, then he was smart enough not to be touching the controls when the cops rolled up. I don't even up. know how you associated those two words with that sentence. Smart enough with a guy who has a pit bull in the front seat. Because he was, he was obviously... There's nothing about that as smart. Yeah, but but it was, I mean, it was the best that he had underneath the circumstances. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to keep that in my memory, and I'm going to video it. I'm going to video it. Uh, you know, if he would have recorded the video when the cops walk up, he's like, yeah, man, this pit bull is driving the car. Here, There is, there's Spike in the driver's seat. It wasn't me. And that way they can't release a report saying that he had his hand on the wheel and his foot on the pedals, because I'm pretty sure they threw that in there just so they could arrest the guy. In that case, we need to get in touch with a movie t- company or somebody who does uh, remote control, like life-size cars. Oh, that'd put be a, hilarious. Put a dog in the front seat and just get like, him in a high-speed chase and then pull it over and the dog's the only person in the car. Or even just pull up next really to people shit. in traffic. You know what I mean? <laughs> when they look over and see the dog and then the second glance, like, what the fuck? Right, Nobody right, right, right. about the dog. Hey, did you guys hear that? Uh, what was that, Charles? I'll say I'm definitely taking my dog everywhere with me in the car now. <laughs> yeah, you're DD. You're DD. Uh, let's see. All right, so I'll tell you one thing that is going on, and this this does kind of tie into the coronavirus. But they're saying that uh, 39% of people that identify themselves as seldom are hardly ever praying or praying now. So it seems to be that uh, there's a survey out there that people are kind of turning to God in this crisis. Charles, can God save people from this crisis? Hey, it's biblical. I mean, they talk about the end, the end days. I mean, I don't know anybody's religious, you know, in here, but I mean, hey. I am. I am. I'm religious. I, Definitely hey, religious. It's, it's scary. I'll tell you that much. You know, it's it's spooky. You know, the shit that's going on, you know, 
Um, well, and even when, even when you start getting to the biblical aspect of this and you start hearing like stories that were coming out like a month prior of the Fed wanting to switch to all digital currency and when it switches to all yeah. digital currency, they're talking about implanting a chip in humans. And I mean, this is stuff, this is stuff that when I grew up as a kid, right? That's Mark and of the Beast. That's Mark of the Beast shit. And for you Gen Zers that just want to fuck around and go to raves and don't know what I'm talking about, in Revelations, the Bible talks about in the end times, uh, one of the big things is going to be the mark of the beast. And the mark of the beast is basically, it, 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 in the Bible, they described it as something on your forehead, but there's been all this speculation about, you know, getting digital implants to track everybody and that being part of the mark of the beast process. And when I was a kid, that was so far-fetched and it was so out there. It's like, how can this ever happen? But now we're at a point where they're talking about how they could they could add this microchip into uh, vaccinations, you know, and then a worldwide pandemic like this where everybody has to get vaccinated or they won't let you go to school or let you do anything. And they they could go to a point where they mandate these uh, digital implants into people. And it's just like a, it's a weird time. Now, Charles, let me ask you this now. If the government got to the point where they said, you have to be vaccinated with this, and while we do vaccinate you, we're also going to put a digital tracker in you. What? Or, and if you don't have that digital tracker or that chip in you, you can't work, you can't, you can't buy groceries, you can't do anything. If you were faced with that situation, knowing what you know, growing up from a religious background, what would you do, Charles? I'll tell everybody I love you because I'm for sure not taking that shit. I'm gone. Now, the reason why in, in the biblical sense, it says in the biblical sense of revelation, and I'm not a minister, but I'm going to fake being one right now, just like I was fake being a scientist because this is Facebook. This is bullshit. This is whatever. And you can fake being anything you want. But in the biblical stories of the mark of the beast and that kind of situation, what it talks about is those people that get the mark of the beast can't get into heaven. So, so basically, why Charles is saying that he would not get that thing is because he believes that that would totally go against his religious beliefs and keep him out of heaven. Now, Steph, you're not as religious, but you grew up in a religious background, okay? Yeah, what do you think about all this shit? About the mark of the beast and the digital money yeah. thing? The digital money thing, the mark of the beast, this whole scenario. How do you feel I'm with about Charles, it? I'm Charles. I wouldn't do it. I Fuck no. Because who's going to administer this shit? The church? The government? Your, your local uh, uh, police officer is going to come to your house and say, you know, we're going to inject you with this chip and have a nice day, sir. And then who gets, to, who gets to keep an eye on all that shit? Like, who's the guy behind the computer that's looking at what everybody's doing, where they're going, where they're spending their money and shit like that now, man? But at the same, okay, oh, let me ask you this question, Steph. On a scale of one to, one to ten, you know, ten being you're that that minister from Florida that I talked about earlier that was cursing the coronavirus from coming to the United States and one being a total atheist that doesn't believe in God, where do you fall on that scale? I believe in God, but I also be don't believe in bullshit, I guess. I don't know. It's weird and how you look at it. <laughs> I guess because I was raised as a Baptist, like I believe, and this, my, this is my whole, I believe that there is something else, that there was something more that was here before us that helped put all this stuff together. I, I couldn't call it God. I couldn't call it Jehovah or Allah or something. You know, I would be um, a huge dick to think that, you know, cells and, and, you know, we climbed out of the ocean and we were monkeys once and shit like that. I don't really believe much of that. 
But I also don't believe that the government or the church have a right to tell you what you should and should not do. I think that's between you and God, if that's who you believe in. The whole Mark of the Beast thing, telling people that they have to put chips inside their body or you have to be, uh, you know, monitored at any given moment. Like that's, I believe we're on our way there. I won't bullshit that. I don't think it'll happen in my lifetime. But I think uh, the way that things are going right now, I think maybe a few hundred years before you start seeing major changes like that. But don't you think it's incredible? It's it's incredible that these stories that we heard when we were kids growing up in the church regarding the Mark of the Beast and stuff like that. Don't you think it's incredible that the scenario, like when we were kids and we heard about this, it seems so far off, so so in the future that it's like, how would they actually implement that? How could it actually happen? It almost seemed like a fantasy, something way separated from us. But now we're in a time where the stage is being set and it's becoming a possibility. And it's just, I mean, Steph, I'm do you find you- it crazy at all? You know what I feel like? Have you ever seen the movie The Mist, the Stephen King book I have. that became a movie? Also did a TV show about it uh, not too long ago. I feel like we're at the moment inside the grocery store before they figure out what's actually happening. And then you have that lady who's like uh, super religious that's kind of getting everybody together and saying, this, this is where we fucked up. I think we're at like that stage in history right now, if that makes any sense. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Now, Raymundo. Raymundo, you're sitting down there. Now, I don't know. Do you have any type of a religious background at all? <clears throat> well, I'm not religious, but I grew up Catholic, I guess. All right. So what do you think about the scenario that we were just describing and the possibilities? I mean, if you were offered to get a, a chip implanted on you and they're going to, they're going to, they would entice you by saying, okay, Ramon, Raimundo, uh, we're going to do a digital currency right now. The world's fucked and we're going to give you this virus protection, you know, whatever shot. We're also going to plant a microchip in you that you can scan at the store and we're going to load a thousand dollars on that every two weeks. So you have money to survive. Would you get that shot? Shit, I don't know. I don't want to be traced, though, but I don't know. That's that's something I never thought about. <clears throat> thousand bucks a week is not enough. That's for damn Get that mark. No. Yeah, get I'm going to tell you my theory. Let me hear you, Charles. Let's hear this theory, Charles. So this whole thing that's going on, everything's contagious. You touch this, you touch that. It's contagious. I think we're going to start saying money is too contagious. Everybody touch money. That's one of the most filthiest things you can have on you. You got to think about it. Millions of people t- touch that same dollar bill you have in your pocket. They're going to say, let's do away with money. That will kill the virus. If we have this chip where you don't have to touch no money, it's all, you know, you get scanned or whatever. That's how the market beast is going to get spread. Because they're going to say money is the root of all evil. That's the shit that started spreading this virus. People exchanging money. They're going to stop with that. And it's all going to be, you know, chip. Uh, they started that a while back. Because now they do the thing yeah, with money. Like cell phone where you could scan your cell phone at the grocery store, at the gas station, well, see, instead I of pulling think- cash out of your pocket. And they're setting up for I it right think- now. I mean, there's some stores right now. There's some stores right now that will not touch paper money. And you have to have it on a digital, either on your phone or a, or a debit card, but they won't touch money. And, and I think that's one of the other aspects. That's, that is a, a huge factor in this. If they can say that the money is transferring a virus and all that other kind of stuff and do away with paper money, you know, because it makes, it makes sense on their part. Okay. 
because you have so many people that evade the tax system and the government isn't making their money off the taxes. So if they can make sure that nobody can exchange paper money, you can't go outside of the system and you have to have a chip to, be, to, 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 to trade money or do anything, um, it makes sense for them to want to go to that type of a scenario. And, and that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's crazy how the stage is being set for a digital currency actually implanted in an individual where people can't skate the system. The government can make a whole lot more money off of society because they can track every purchase and every money transaction that happens. And you can't not pay taxes when you're getting paid underneath the table because there will be no pain underneath the table um, because it's going to go from chip to chip, from person to person. So, I, I mean, it would, it would never happen here. That's the you end of the strip club industry. No. Although I'm leaning towards it, I think right now the state of the state of the mind state that people are in right now, a lot of people don't trust the government. Of course not. The government and and giving the government total control over how you clock your money, so they know exactly how how much you're making, who you're getting it from, how often you're getting it, how you're getting it, like that kind. There's a lot of people in this country that don't want to give that kind of control over the over the government. If that ever does happen, then you know it's going to be a black market for like actual dollars. Everything would be a black market then. Yeah. Because the amount of people who would follow that rule versus the ones who would not, I think it's a very small percentage leaning towards the people who would. The rest, yeah. I mean, just the majority of people just wouldn't go for that. <laughs> people saying that's not the case is super far-fetched. But, you know, Bert in the comments said, and we're just talking, we're just having, you know, a couple beers and talking about this, but Bert in the comments said, if you think about it, who carries money when we all can pull out an ATM card? And so it's already kind of in play in a digital sense as far as the digital currency on our ATM cards. And we're kind of in the habit, a lot of people, I, I deal in pretty much all cash. That's true. A lot of people are already in the habit of not having the cash currency, just making digital transactions. So what's the difference from taking your ATM card out of your wallet and putting it in your wrist or on your forehead or whatever the hell it is, uh, a chip to scan instead of having to actually pull out your debit card. And I'm sure that there's people that would jump all over this. I mean, the technology is already in place. Bill Gates has worked on this tech technology for implantable chips uh, for money transfers, et cetera. There's, I've seen videos on YouTube where people have actually done that, where they put the, the RFID type chip in their yeah. wrist, use it to scan, just like we do with Apple Pay or Google Pay. I was Pay actually going to talk about that because uh, one of the girls from Lego Master, she actually got the Tesla card chip implanted in her arm. So every time she just fucking put her arm in her car and it starts the car, she's able yeah. to drive her car with the RF yeah. chip instead of having the actual card Where's that... Some Teslas have. She ain't getting into heaven. <laughs> like Carl said, she ain't getting into heaven. She ain't getting into heaven. Well, I don't know. Crazy shit. And oh, Melissa, Melissa in the comments is saying, oh, that's not going to happen. This is way too far-fetched because that would be a lack of privacy. Yeah, well, you know. Well, they don't. I never thought we were going to get to this stage either. But yeah, let's, exactly. let's revisit this back in another 10 years and let's see where we're at. I'm Man. still a firm believer that cash is king. Uh, me too. Me too. I oh, never yeah. have cash on me, ever. Ever. I would much rather, I just, I, you know, I mean, I and use my ATM card or like my bank. Usually my, my bank account is set up just to pay my bills. Just to spread out the money to take care of my responsibilities. Right. Nothing more. But the whole, I think, I just don't want, I don't need people all in my shit like that. Yeah, yeah. I have cash, I'm spend it. That's my thing, though, <laughs> is if I have cash, I'm going to spend it. So I throw it in the bank, 
I pay my bills and I could see exactly what I have. I don't have to like keep counting the money in my wallet and I either do or I don't spend it. So I think it helps me not spend by putting it in the bank. But I also wouldn't want no chip because I don't want people to know what I'm spending it on or how I'm getting it. All right. Okay. All right. So uh, in more Corona related news, uh, let me read the story real quick that Rihanna and Jay-Z uh, they're making generous donations to combat the coronavirus. The musical artists foundations have donated $2 million in relief efforts to help the most vulnerable in Los Angeles and New York city specifically. Uh, the donation from Jay-Z's Sean Carter foundation and uh, Rihanna's Clara Lionel foundation will support the homeless and elderly uh, children of healthcare workers and uh, the incarcerated and undocumented workers. Uh, the Clara Lionel Foundation has also donated $5 million to help combat the pandemic in the U.S., Africa, and the Caribbean. Um, so that's nice, seeing some stars come out and uh, donate some money to this fight. Uh, I saw some other uh, famous people that were donating money to the uh, New York hospitals and stuff like that uh, to get protective gear for the first responders, the nurses, and the doctors and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think we have a bigger issue in the New York hospitals, and it's one that I'm sure money is good, but it's something that money can't fix. I mean, you could have a gazillion dollars, and the problem is right now they 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 can't get suppliers to supply the face masks, the respirators, and that kind of stuff. And I see companies coming out like Ford is saying that they can make fifty thousand respirators or a hundred thousand respirators, and you know, of course, uh, Elon Musk and Tesla is working on making the respirators, um, but. You know, uh, these people, these famous people that have a lot of money coming out and donating some money, I guess it helps. I did see one uh, news article where in Las Vegas, they cordoned off a parking lot, an outdoor parking lot for the homeless, and they are trying to give them a place to sleep, which was on pavement. And they also made six foot squares to keep each homeless person six feet apart. Now, I thought it was interesting that they're putting these homeless out there on a pavement in the middle of the night. And that's when you have a whole strip full of hotels that are empty right now. You have indoor or at least sheltered parking structures that are emptied all the way down the strip. And they decided to put these motherfuckers out with look at a parking lot look like Las Vegas Speedway or something like that. Uh, I mean, Steph, how do you feel about that? I mean, Las Vegas is totally shut down. There's so many rooms available. There's so many space available. Uh, this is the problem with that. From a business yeah. perspective... If you put these people in the hotels, then you have to put employees in there to take care of the responsibilities of the hotel. That and they'll sit on the walls and all other shit. Yeah, then you have to worry about the liability of anybody getting mm -hmm. sick or dying on the property or something like that, getting hurt. Just trashing it. Um, yeah, or fucking shit up. I mean, I guess as a humanitarian, that's probably a great idea, but from a business sense, no. Well, I'm with you on that. I'm I'm with you on that. That it doesn't make sense to put them in a hotel room because they'll take it. They'll take. They won't respect the hotel room. But at the same time, there's so many parking structures in Las Vegas. I mean, I'm sure there's city-owned parking structures at City Hall, which is probably shut down, and all these other city buildings. That I mean, if you're going to take the time to put the homeless and paint six-foot squares on the ground to keep everybody separated. I mean, can't you at least put them in somewhere where they have a covering over their head and they're at least a little sheltered? I'm yeah, not saying sounds put them like in a, a good thing room. to do. 
Sounds like a great thing to do, but the world unfortunately does not work that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's like uh, with here in fucking Anaheim, Disney parking structures. We have a lot of homeless in Anaheim. Put them there. They weren't going to do it. Nah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. But the other two celebrities that I was reading about earlier that were also donating to the uh, New York hospitals, who that was, was Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. Uh, they made personal donations of 100000 to four New York hospitals. Um, so hold on, let me read that right. They made personal donations of 100000 to four New York hospitals. Does that mean that they donated $400,000, I'm guessing, or $100,000 apiece? I don't know. Uh, but they, they donated to four New York hospitals that are getting hit hard by the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, this is their second major donation. Earlier this month, they donated $1 million to Feeding America and Food Banks Canada. The famous couple are also encouraging people across America to help their local hospitals, health care workers, and communities during this difficult time. Um, so they're making donations. You know, I, uh, one other thing I saw going on was the CDC was debating on recommending that people, everyday citizens in public, start wearing face masks. Um, but at the same time, they don't want people to necessarily wear N95 respirators or medical respirators because those are needed in the medical field. But they're talking about recommending that people uh, start wearing do-it-yourself, you know, made-at-home uh, type of face mask. Now, Charles, would you ever wear a face mask in public? Like, if you go down to Staters tonight and you you had a face mask in your pocket, are you going to put it on? Or are you saying, fuck that shit, because your face is too pretty to be covered by a do-it-yourself do, do face mask? If it had my logo on it, maybe. Oh, well, get on it, man. Start making some no-filter some no filter hey, filters. Trust me, I'm on it. But uh, that's what I mean. But other than that, no, I'd be going around, you know, really, like, laughing at people. I'm like, bro... Like, what mask actually works? I don't think it's really helping. You got to think, I mean... Well, it helps the spread. It helps the spread. If you get it, even a shitty bandana. If I'm positive and I'm wearing a bandana where it's keeping my breath and my droplets from, like, spewing in the air, it doesn't necessarily help. It helps me from spreading it. I'm not too sure how effective it is. I guess it's somewhat effective in helping you to get it, but it's more to contain the spread. I mean, I guess I think everybody's wearing them because it's a trend right now, honestly. You know, no yeah, one really knows. Well, them. I don't think well, anybody really use them correctly. You know, same with gloves. Everyone's wearing gloves, but everyone's cross-contaminating. Everyone's using one pair of gloves all day. It's like, man, <laughs> they just they don't really know what they're doing. Uh, yeah, I agree with that, too. What about you, Steph? Uh, are you at the point where you think that you might start wearing a face mask when you go out in public? No, I don't take it that far because I like to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh air. <laughs> Breathing a fucking mask all day long. But I do use the gloves and I do use them one use. Uh, when I get out of the car, I put them on. I do all the shit that I need to do. And then when I leave where I'm going, I throw them away. So that way when I get back to my truck, I'm not bringing back any of the shit from the, you know, from the store. Yeah. I hear you. I'm with that. That's, that's kind yeah. of the same uh, road that I'm taking. Now, Missy, you're down there. I don't know where you went, but Missy, your video's off. Where are you? Are you still there? Missy? I'm here. Uh, what about you and mask? Um, well, when I go out, I've been putting on like a D, uh, a one that I made myself. And what are you making those out of? 
uh, bandanas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So um, apparently, hopefully, let's see, it's nine o'clock. Hopefully, uh, Chris Machado can join us. Uh, Chris Machado, he works for a uh, medical, uh, well, just kind of a sanitary delivery service. And he's actually been delivering uh, products to hospitals that have a high rate of uh, coronavirus patients. And he said it's a war zone. So I was kind of interested to talk to him. Hopefully, he'll come on a little bit later. And we can talk about uh, what he's seeing out there and what's going on in the actual hospitals. Now, Eric, I see you in there. I see you chilling at your computer. Uh, what's going on with you? What is, is it, has anything changed for you? What have you, had, what have you noticed that's changed from last week when we were talking on the show? Um, it seems pretty much the same. Just everyone's panicking. Uh, it seems like the stores are a little more chilled out. Um, yeah. But everyone's kind of... I've noticed the arguments are about everyone's worried about social distancing because we're going to get sick. Like we all know we're going to get it at some point. It's just more about keeping our medical assets and resources available so that if you do get sick, you can get treated instead of just being bottlenecked, you know? So. And I, and I think that's, I think that's one thing that people aren't taking uh, into consideration. I, I think they think that this stay at home, this social distancing is just going to eliminate this thing and it's going to fix the problem. But that's not what the social distancing is intended to do. It's intended so we don't get the spike in our medical system and everybody gets it at one time. Uh, I mean, most likely, once we get off of this social distancing, once we get the 30-day ban lifted or what it, whenever that time is, the virus is still going to be out there. And a lot of Americans are still going to get the virus. It's just what we're trying to do is just to keep it from everybody getting it at one time and, overwhelm, and overwhelming the medical system. But yeah, even once this is said and done and the 30-day ban is over, there's going to be a lot of people that still get this virus. It's still going to go around and get some people unless it totally goes dormant in the weather. I mean, I think we have a little bit of prayer once summer hits, especially where I'm at up here in the high desert because uh, I, from what I've heard, the virus can't live in conditions over 80 degrees. So that'll help out a lot of major uh, places in the country. Um, but, but Eric, what's your opinion on that? On uh, the weather, I think, or the whole the way here's the way I think it runs out. Just just the whole social distancing and what it's intended to do. I see its intent. Like it obviously, it's a measure you have to take if you react late, kind of like we did. We didn't take it too seriously. I think when it started breaking out politically, they were fighting over the impeachment, and then when it happened, it's like, oh shit, this is a thing now, and so we had to take a drastic measure to try to beat the timeline. Um, I think we'll see, I think it'll kind of die off around summer. My personal prediction is, I think they just announced like LASD, the kids aren't going back to school or maybe right. they might be California wide, but, um, we'll probably see it slow down in the summer. And then I think we might see like another spike in the winter. I don't think it'll be this bad. Um, I'm really, here's my thing is culturally, what does it do now? I don't think we're ever going to be the same. Like we all want to go back to normal. I think normal is going to have to be redefined because this is going to be in the back of our head for at least a few weeks. People are going to be more, there's going to be good things like, you know, washing your hands and keeping distance and being a little more aware of what the hell you're doing. The other thing though, is culturally, what does that do in terms of work? How many, like how many industries are affected positively where they're like, Hey, we don't need an office. We can work from home. How many industries saw this is where we're weak. We need to start developing remote possibilities where possible. Obviously, like restaurants and bars, you can't do that. But um, so that's going to affect. 
going to shift the economy. And I don't know how it shifts. And the other thing is, how does this, like, this is what I was thinking about. We're looking at how, how quickly the earth recovered. Like you're looking at Italy, LA's clear. Like people are all the way from, I think it was up when they were able to see the Hollywood sign off a picture or something like that, or, or somewhere like that. It was cool. It's, it's cleaning up. And we're also enjoying this time off in some, in some ways, right? Like if you think about it two months ago, everyone is bitching like, Oh, I got work. I'm tired. Like we were miserable, right? I hate my job. I hate my life. I'm working, 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 working. And now we have time off at home. There's this time to reflect and kind of people are either sitting at home watching TV, spending time with the kids, getting pissed. A lot of people are switching, using the opportunity to learn skills. So it's like, I don't know what happens is, is there's a lot of space for all these changes. And I kind of, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm half excited, half scared. I know that it's changing us. I know that it's changing us as far as, um, you know, our social habits and all that other kind of stuff. I mean, because it's getting into the psyche enough that even when I'm watching a television show and I see two people hug on the television show, I mean, the trigger in my brain is like, oh, they shouldn't be touching each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's really getting, it's almost like a scared straight program where it's getting emblazoned into our minds about the social distancing and how viruses spread. Where I think this will help us out is next flu season, whatever that flu strain is, I think people are going to be more prepared and they're going to have it ingrained in them. Hey, I need to wash my hands. It's flu season. I don't need to touch my face. You know, let me keep a little bit of social distance. I think it will kind of help society out in that aspect. I mean, because just if we were to take these practices next year, as far as just the hand washing, I mean, that could probably save a million lives worldwide uh, just from that little aspect of, you know, you know, don't touch people's hands or, or at least wash your hands before you touch your face. So I think those habits uh, coming into place, I mean, I guess we're learning the hard way, but I think that could probably save, you know, a, a substantial amount of people next flu season. So I, I guess that's kind of a, a good side note outcome of this, you know, the personal hygiene and your, your uh, distancing. Now, I've got one more news story that I want to touch on real quick. Uh, Tiger King. Tiger King has turned into a national phenomenon. The the television show that everybody watched while they're on quarantine and they're on lockdown. Um, there's a few lames that haven't seen it. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what. Me, when me and Missy watched this, we watched this on the first day that it was released on Netflix. And I told Missy at that time when we were watching, I said, holy shit, this thing's going to be the next viral. This is going to be the next huge television show. Um, but one of the things that has happened is Cardi B watched it. And she wanted to, to set up a GoFundMe for Joe Exotic, okay? But Cardi B's plan of starting a GoFundMe for the Tiger King star Joe Exotic has been halted. According to a representative for the company uh, GoFundMe, money cannot be raised on its platform to fund the defense of inmates convicted of violent crimes. As Joe is in prison charged with a murder-for-hire plot as well as an animal-related crimes, is not able to receive support from a GoFundMe account. Uh, Cardi responded to the news saying that um, that she wasn't actually serious about starting the GoFundMe. So Cardi came to her senses, I guess, but does think uh, Joe Exotic needs new representation. Now, what's interesting on this is the sheriff in Florida has reopened the case for this Joe Exotic. Uh, you know, he's come out and he's made some public statements and he's encouraging people to call in with any information that they have and they're actually opening up, reopening the investigation uh, regarding Carol Baskin 
and the missing her missing husband. So, I mean, that's it, it's pretty crazy when social media, when some guys can put together a movie on Netflix, and we saw it again. We we saw it with the making a murderer, and we also saw it with that podcast with Saeed. What was that podcast called with Saeed? Uh, oh yeah, on. yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's crazy how, how social media has become such a powerful tool, or not social media, but social interaction with like Netflix and this Joe Exotic story, uh, the, the, the Making a Murderer uh, serial, where people get investigate these crimes and stuff that happens, and it actually pushes the, the public policymakers, or not the policymakers, but the sheriffs and stuff to reopen these types of investigations. Um, but even still, I mean, I don't think it, it, they they reopen up this in, in the Joe Exotic case. They reopen up this investigation into Carol Baskin's missing husband, and um, big deal. I mean, that doesn't help out Joe Exotic. I mean, he's in there for animal crimes and a whole bunch of other stuff. But since they have opened up this 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 resurgence, looking into the Carol Baskin missing husband, one thing that the sheriff released. He said that a lot of people involved in this took lie detector tests. There was only one person that refused to take a lie detector test. And guess who that was? I'll give you a dollar if you can guess who the person that refused to take a lie detector test. Regarding Carol. Carol Baxter. That bitch. She did it. That bitch. Now, Charles. Charles, have you watched The Tiger King? I was actually going to watch it later on tonight. Okay. So you haven't seen it. So you haven't seen it. Now, Steph, you've watched The Tiger King, right? Yes, I have. Now, if you were Carol Baskin and if you had nothing to do with the disappearance of your husband, would you take a lie detector test? I would not. You would not? I would not. Now, there's plenty of reasons to not take a lie detector test. But first off, lie detector tests are not 100% accurate. They can have false positives and all kinds of stuff. They're not admissible in court. I mean, but, uh, you know, I don't think I would take a lie detector test for anything, whether I committed a crime or whether I didn't commit a crime. I, I don't think I would take a lie detector test for anything. Steph, are you kind of on that same page? Yeah, pretty much. Now, in exactly. Carol Baskin's case, I mean, this is going to get released. It's going to go more public where they're, where they're going to say, uh, Carol Baskin wouldn't even take a lie detector test, blah, 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 blah. Um. Do you think that she'll get social pressured into taking a lie detector test? No. I don't think she'll cave. I think she's got way too much money to be concerned about shit like that. I don't think she'll do it. Even if she was pressured by the media, I don't think she's I don't think she has it in her to cave like that. She just got I don't a think so fat check from Netflix. The bitch is psycho. That bitch is not gonna cave. She's crazy. Now what I she, did see. That bitch yeah, I, yeah, well, a lot of people think that, allegedly, Raimundo. We don't end up in court again. So allegedly, allegedly she uh, did it, allegedly. <laughs> but what I can tell you is that her husband, her current husband, came out and made a big public statement, and he released, like, I, I think it's about a 10-minute video in her defense. And it was funny because the, the most convincing thing that he had of why she was a good person and can never do this is he started crying on the camera and he said, she can never do this because we've never had an argument. We've been together for X amount of years. 
We've never had a Mar argument. We discuss things. And he's telling this story and he's crying when he tells it. Uh, but just because you've never had an argument, I mean, that, the, that right that, there shows you the bitch is crazy. My question is, does that bitch have that motherfucker on check? If That's that girl like. cannot. Exactly. No, he's scared of her. So therefore, bitch is crazy. You don't want to get fed to tigers, allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Joe Exotic. He doesn't want sardine oil all over himself one night. Eric, Just, why do you think? Joe, hold on. Well, Eric, why do you think Joe Exotic got screwed? Because he had that one guy that, that kept he even called the feds, and he's like, "I would have spoken on his behalf. I would have helped him out. I worked with him for you know, like what was it, fourteen, fifteen years, or whatever the hell it was. I was watching it with an attorney, and I'm like, his defense totally screwed him because the one guy you can get to make a case for you, he did, they don't even bring him in as as a as a witness. So I don't see maybe he doesn't know or doesn't know how to do that, but I don't see why Joe Exotic doesn't um i forget what it's called but he um negligent negligent representation or something like that like he wasn't properly represented retrial mm, mm. yeah it makes sense. i think he got you screwed know, on his defense you know one of the one of the other crazier twists in that whole joe exotic story is because if, if you've seen it you know at one point in the show uh his his television studio or his broadcast studio where, where he was doing a lot of live uh joe exotic tv shows and stuff where he was ripping on carol baskin um that facility caught on fire and burned to the ground, but that facility also held his reptiles, his alligators uh, that he had at the zoo. One of the weirdest, one of the weirdest like coincidences of that is no, well, allegedly. Yeah. Uh, No, it it really got burnt down. And, but, but the, the truth about that, that is a little bit odd. And I had the article right in front of me. Okay. Some of the alligators that burned to death at Joe exotic zoo belong to the King of pop. The Tiger King stars, yeah, the Tiger King stars former husband John Finley recently told David Spade that his favorite animals were the alligators and crocodiles, saying one of the previous managers had gotten us Michael Jackson's alligators from Neverland Ranch. And unfortunately, as viewers saw in the Netflix series, the reptiles perished when their habitat was destroyed in the 2015 arson fire. So that was kind of crazy that some of those alligators on Joe Exotic's zoo actually formerly belonged to the king of pop michael jackson did you hear about how pissed he was because they put all the footage of him with no teeth even though <laughs> he got his feet teeth fixed like in the middle of the show oh he did yeah, yeah he was pissed I mean, about that but he did the interviews when he didn't have teeth and that's probably when he was saying the shit that they wanted for the record so you know, people, now there's this whole retaliation of this all holier-than-thou people saying that it's just trash TV and nobody should watch it and all this other kind of shit, but I don't know. Who the fuck I wants thought, to hear about coronavirus all day? Exactly. I thought it was fucking entertaining TV. I mean, it it was the And most it's real life. And it's, it's real, real life. life. It's not like, like someone never- made up some bull crap that, like, oh, we're just bored out of our mind. Let's make this fake whatever. This is people's real life. Like I've this never is their heard life. any of this shit before the show. Like I never, like as a kid, like when the shit actually happened when I was a teenager at the time, you never saw it on the news. You never crossed the newspaper or nothing. Like this is literally the first time I even got hip to the whole thing. So it's weird. Like shit like that happens in the country and <laughs> people have no fucking clue. Well, you know what's also crazy is that Joe Exotic really did run for governor of uh, Oklahoma. 
on the Libertarian Party. And what I couldn't believe when I'm watching it is that this crazy-ass motherfucker in a glitter cowboy hat with a gun, the fucking two dudes at the same time, this motherfucker got 19% of the vote in Oklahoma. 19%. This far-fetched, crazy-ass candidate got 19% of the vote. And I thought I thought that was pretty freaking outrageous, man. That just shows that people vote for crazy motherfuckers all the time. Well, look, look at the situation. We have look at our president. Well, okay, we're talking Joe Exotic ran on the Libertarian ticket, okay, for governor of, of Oklahoma. And then look who's leading the pack for the Libertarian candidate for the President of the United States, Vermin Supreme. Vermin Supreme, the guy with the boot on his head. I mean, crazy. I mean, I feel bad for the Libertarian Party because really their most known candidates are Joe Exotic, the gay cr- fucking tiger guy, and Vermin Supreme with the boot on his head. It's like they can't get, like, a normal candidate to, like, make it out there. Now, Vermin, okay, I was actually talking to Kim Ruff. You know, Kim Ruff was on the show. She was running for president of the United States. But now she has changed roles, and she's taking care of Vermin Supreme's media campaign and shit. So I was talking. Really? Yes, she is. And so I was was messaging in some comments. In fact, she sent me a message where we can have Vermin's um, vice presidential candidate come on the show. And I guess he's a real... Awesome dude. In fact, I think we need to get him. I keep forgetting about it. I keep forgetting about it because we're doing these shows right now in the middle of this quarantine lockdown. Our internet is shit. The shows are sketchy. I mean, I've already been knocked off twice tonight. Um, so it's it's kind of hard to rely, rely on the infrastructure that we have in place on this quarantine to have a higher profile guest on the show. But, you know, once we get back to normal, I definitely want to get Vermin Supreme's uh, vice presidential candidate on the show because he's very outspoken. He's very interesting. And I'm sure it'd be a, a really interesting show. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm laughing at Charles' shirt. He's got a black Beavis and Butthead <laughs> no filter shirt. Yeah, I'm offended by that. <laughs> I'm not offended. Look, he's got a high top fade. <laughs> looks like Kid Play. Right. Uh, that was going to say that. Looks like kid and play. they are also wearing no filter shirts. Hey, did you see that the DJ Jazzy Jeff uh, was it? He tested positive, or he was being tested for? Uh, or no, he tested he has pneumonia. He has pneumonia. So oh, he has pneumonia. They're trying to say that he has COVID nineteen. Okay, but can we talk about this for a second? Why is it that famous people are getting tested left and right, but you know the why? average Joe American because they have the money to do the tests? You know why? I don't. I don't even think it's the money to do the test. What I think it is, it's. I think it's the fandom of the medical staff when they come rolling into a facility and it's just the nurses and the doctors. No. Their ass. Those, anybody you, who has money like that, they have their own personal physician. They don't, they don't oh, go yeah. when they have problems. They go see their regular guy. The regular guy comes to the house and checks them out. They don't go to a hospital when you got millions of dollars and fucking be hanging out with other sick people. Fuck that shit. You know, and I'll tell you what, like the numbers, like everybody wants to play the numbers game. And I saw two articles today. It was two articles today where hospitals were cracking down on any doctors and nurses in New York that are releasing public statements. And this was a Bloomberg News article where doctors were going to, our hospitals were going to fire nurses and doctors if they go on social media and start talking about how they don't have personal protection. And then I saw another article of how, oh man, what was it exactly? Because I'm shooting from my, I'm shooting from my ass. But it was another article about how the Department of Defense 
Um, they were being restricted from releasing true numbers about the coronavirus. So I, what I'm saying is I saw two articles today from two reputable news sources where our government and hospitals, private industry, I guess you can say, is cracking down on the truth actually being exposed about what's going on with the coronavirus. So we've been sitting around for the past months talking shit about China, how no true numbers could come out of China. But now we here we are in America, the good old U.S. of A., and the same type of bullshit and hiding the numbers is going into play. And the reason why I say that is because there was a, I was listening to one reporter talking and they were talking to somebody from the CDC and all this other kind of shit. And they were talking about testing earlier this week. And they were advising doctors to not even bother testing people to see if they showed up positive for coronavirus unless it changes what they would prescribe to that patient. Now, that right there is like, that's a, that's a huge statement because what's going to happen is just the medical facilities, the medical doctors, if somebody comes in with the symptoms of the coronavirus, they have a cough, they have a fever, and they, you know, whatever, and a temperature. Um, I already said temperature when I said fever. But if they have the symptoms of the coronavirus, they're not even going to test them. They're just going to say, listen, you might have it. Go home. Quarantine yourself from 14 days. Take some Tylenol. Drink plenty of liquids. It's not going to change the prescription. So the testing numbers that we're seeing are so fucked. The whole system is so fucked that the numbers that we see, I mean, I don't even know what to read into it other than the death statistic. But even with the death statistic, are they only showing us the deaths of people that had previously tested positive for coronavirus? Think about it like this. Just embellish me for a bit. Sure. Think about the fact that what if they were the whole thing was based on the test. American general oh, public. What would happen if we introduce something that is completely and horribly overblown or, or, or let's say fake for all thoughts and purposes, <clears throat> but they're testing the way that we react to it to determine whether or not now is the time to start doing a little bit of extra takeover when it comes to your daily lives. Okay. But the, my argument for that is the same way that I get into with the flat earthers because the flat earthers, they say this is all a government conspiracy. They don't want it. No, they not, don't not, want it. not just a conspiracy. <clears throat> I guess conspiracy because it, maybe there's something deeper than just the coronavirus going on. But why would they destroy the whole financial system for a test? So they can rebuild it in their own image. So they can take control of it completely, wholly, and 100%. I mean, well, just think about it. Like in some on some art of warfare shit, what's the the easiest thing to do to take over people? Fear, fear, number one, fear, and then you start to separate them to find out who is going to be a problem. Because the guys who are huddling in the corner, they're not going to be a problem. They're you know they're doing their thing. They're hiding out. But the other guys who are vocal about it, making noise about it, you know what I mean, know that it's bullshit and continue to say that it's bullshit. They know how to squash those bugs individually because everybody speaks on it. Watch out. They're coming for you, Charles. Well, okay. <laughs> they're coming for you, brother. Okay. Maybe I buy If I was to buy into that train of thought, I think that I don't, I don't think they, they created the virus. I don't think the virus is fake, okay, by any means. But I also believe that at the same time, politicians will take advantage of any type of situation they can get their hands on. And so maybe, 
Yeah, well, they did. They took advantage. They sold all their shit and made a fuck ton of money before it happened. Before it happened. I I, I get that. And uh, I'm thinking that, you know, I mean, politicians, it's kind of in their nature. I mean, any disaster is an opportunity in politics. And this is definitely a disaster. And there's definitely an opportunity to get your politics into place, push your agendas, and do the kind of stuff that you want to do. So I, I do see it from that perspective. Yeah, Miss, if you're going to keep yawning in your microphone, why don't you mute your mic? It goes to your image every time you yawn. That's hilarious shit right there. <laughs> you're going to have clips of just Missy yawning on the show. I'm sorry. I yeah, keep trying to mute it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know. Eric, do you think that the, what is your belief in uh, kind of the level of conspiracy in this whole nonsense? Um, I don't know. I see it on one end. Like, why cripple the economy at the same time? If everyone gets sick, how much do you cripple it and then not get reelected? So I do agree that politicians are opportunistic. If anyone's worked for the government, you'll know it's freaking incompetent. I do not trust the government to flawlessly run a large, largely orchestrated thing. It's just really good at force. So I think, is it like an intentional practice? No. Is it an opportunistic is it like an opportunity where they can see where to grab and where to not let go of? Like, I don't trust Newsom. So what else is he going to, you know, flex on? Yeah. That's what I, I, so that's kind of where I'm at. It's all opportunistic. We have the senators making millions. They sold right before this all tanked, you know, it happened in 2008. So, you know, I don't trust, I think they're so selfish. They can't run this fully orchestrated thing, but are they going to take their opportunities? Hell yeah. And it'll be on our backs. I think. Yeah, like this, like this stimulus package, bro. Like, if you look at the cost to it, I tell people, it's like someone else ran a whole new credit card, thirty percent of what you owe. So they took this massive credit card out. They have a five percent cash back, and so they gave you the cash back, and they, and you know, and you're still stuck with the bill. And we're all happy because we have the cash back, you know, one payment thing. At I think it's twenty four thousand or twenty five thousand dollars, whatever the heck it is. Even if they went 50-50 over three or four months, families could have been better off with three or four grand a month to make their bills, still like order on Amazon, do what they're doing, stay at home, and the other 50% elsewhere. I mean, I think Boeing's getting like 48 or $49 billion in stacked rebates and, and help and shit. And they were operating from a negative. Like, come on, man, that's, that's, you know, they talk about the jobs, but I can guarantee you for the next three months, we gave someone a family three or four grand. It would help the people more if that's, if that was the goal, which, which it isn't. So I just think they're looking for, it is in some ways a practice run to where they can get their own. Yeah, possibly. I think it's a way for them to separate the top from the bottom. I just don't think it's orchestrated. I don't, think they're smart enough or to execute that flawlessly. What I think is really false execution of, of a, of their own opportunity, you know, we'll in their follow own little regardless. Thing. We'll follow regardless. We're going to follow what the media says. Most people get their news from Facebook. Yeah. I mean, the media is running the show. I mean, look at, look at the media is making so much cause they're all the ratings were falling before this, Right, like the Oscars, and and I think the Super Bowl finally got some decent ratings with the J Lo thing and, and Shakira, but all of a sudden everyone's stuck at home, and now all the TV ratings are going up. So the media has an interest to keep everyone scared and not 
put the right thing or scare you and then correct themselves a little bit later and kind of downplay that because now you're stuck at home. You're forced to give them the ratings and we're not forced to, but people will and they're making money too. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, I got a news story that kind of falls into the category of am I an asshole? Uh, a New York dad refused to let his 21-year-old son back in their house after the spring breaker partied in Texas amid uh, coronavirus spread. A New York father refused to let his college-age son back in their uh, home after the student traveled to South Padre Island for spring break. Uh, Peter Levine, 51, told the New York Post that he had tried to encourage his 21-year-old son, Matt, to come home early from the trip, but to no avail. Uh, the father said he was aggravated. The news here was getting worse and worse. Uh, according to the father, and also according to the father, he didn't want his son to enter their home because Matt's elderly grandparents live in the house, and he didn't want them to ex be exposed to the virus. So uh, he sent his son back to their on-campus apartment and didn't even let them inside to use the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> so where's, where's the problem? The I mean, son is... I saw Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey. The, this was a story that was out last week, but you know, she's had that long term, uh, long term boyfriend, Stedman and Stedman was out flying around. He went somewhere and, uh, Oprah apparently did not let him into the house. Of course they have a back house there that he, that he stayed back in. Oh, so he was to stay at the summer. Well, house. Wasn't that the thing about the Stedman the whole, this whole time? He has his own house in the back. Well, I, I don't, I don't know, but Oprah wouldn't let his, ass back into the house that's for sure uh there was I mean, that's not an asshole thing to do though it really isn't i don't think it is you know and and and, and one of the well, things look is, at missy doesn't she want to keep you out yeah she did when i went to work the last weekend she was really pissed about me going to work and then coming back to the house um you know but we got a 96 year we have a 96 year old man in the front house like i'm not trying to risk his freaking life I don't want that on me. Yeah. Okay. All right. Right. And I, and I, and we are having it. My 18 year old son, he is just having the hardest time social distancing. And I was trying to get him to come up here where I'm at, where he had no, where he'd have no choice, but to social distance. Uh, but then he bounced out of that at the last second. And it's hard. It's hard with these kids. These, especially when you're talking to somebody that's 18. Um, Cause they, they just don't, don't care. Get it. They don't get it. They don't care. It's going to be Gen Z that fucks it up for everybody. Yeah, I don't know. I was built for this shit, man. <laughs> you know, I, I, I come from an era of, of video games and fucking Star Trek. Right? And night, they like, fucking bought me a PS4 yeah, just for this quarantine. I am just fine gaming, watching a little TV. You know, when I get too man. bored and I need some fresh air, I go outside, you know, work on a car or two. Like, oh, this, this is perfect for me. Yeah, I mean, there's so many people out there that are like, oh, my God, I can't do this. And honestly, it's not that bad. You know what the best part is? Nobody comes to your house. Not yep. the witnesses, not the shit. Nobody. Dude. The mailman barely of, comes think, to my house. I don't know if I was dreaming, but like last weekend, I heard like the Jehovah Witnesses walking down my street fucking singing. I don't know if it was a dream or if that was legit. <laughs> But dreaming about your home. They'll fucking sing. Hey, hey, Charles. They'll be uh, singing fucking down hey, your street. Hey, Charles, have you ever pastored a church in Virginia? Pastored? Yeah, because a Virginia pastor has oh, died oh. from coronavirus after previously saying media is pumping out fear about the pandemic. He was <laughs> and then he died. And then he died. I should not laugh. I wow. should not laugh. 
Yeah, I don't want to see that happen, Charles, by any means. But this motherfucker was out there preaching it was a media issue and all this other shit, and he winded up dead from the coronavirus. So yeah, pre-existing. It's out there. Um, yeah, pre-existing um, medical condition. Well, let's see. He was sixty-six. Uh, that's it. I'm done. A pastor, a traveling musician, died on Not Wednesday. March, he, he was 66. He was a pastor and a traveling musician. He died on Wednesday, March 25th at a hospital in North Carolina after testing positive for COVID-19. As first reported by Patch nearly two weeks before his death, Spradlin, that's well, his name, he shared a meme on his Facebook page, which Charles has shared memes. Uh, he shared a meme on his Facebook page suggesting the media can manipulate your life. The post well, compared the mass hysteria surrounding the number of deaths from the coronavirus in the U.S. while Donald Trump has been president compared to the deaths from the H1N1 under the Barack Obama administration. Um, I don't see anything in here where it said that he had any pre-existing uh, conditions. I'm scamming through it, uh, skimming through it real okay. fast. But like the things that they're saying that are pre like it, like underlining issues. It's freaking everything. Like, um, is your cholesterol high? That's a pre-existing issue. Um, are you fat? Every fucking American is fat. Like, that, that's an issue. Like, it doesn't matter what age you are. You're, you fall under that category. And that's why I am not so dramatic about it. I mean, everybody got the, you know, the pre-existing, you know, the complications they're talking about. I mean... It's just based off your immune, I think. Your immune system. How strong is your fucking immune system? Is it ready to go to war or if it's not? That's I'm just waiting for the zombies. Shit. <laughs> I'm I ready. Walking, Karma. Hey, the Walking Dead has Moses not I'm ready. Man, I'm just ready for this to be over. Like, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. I... <laughs> it be over. It's not over for you. You just had a taco dude at the house. Hey, it was bomb. Hey. <laughs> Shout out to Carlos. Hey. Bomb. Uh, shit. Now, how would you feel if you found out that your taco man had coronavirus? Didn't uh, know shit. It. I pray for him. Been to your house, serving yeah. tacos all weekend to all your guests, and then somebody gets hey, sick. Life's about Wait. choices. They chose to come over. I put the invites out. They came over. We chose to have the COVID-19 tacos. Now, now, Charles, did you do anything preventative at all? I mean, did you have a scanner and check people for a fever before they entered your party? Did you do anything like that? Is there anything that you did preventative for the coronavirus, even though you're still having a house house party? Um, No. No. I I was already too drunk to even, you know, or like, organize anything like that there was guy, i'm gonna be honest there was a guy that came i'm not gonna say his name he came uh-huh. over he had just came back from mexico and i'm like hey you want some tacos you know you want something to drink and he's like i don't feel good now i'm good i don't want to eat nothing i'm like okay you don't feel good okay well, what's wrong and then you know, those girls like well he's been you know having a strong case of diarrhea i'm like what and, you know, that's one of the symptoms. I'm like, strong case of diarrhea. And then, you know. As opposed to a light case of diarrhea? Hey. You just drink the Mexican water. I ain't yeah. never seen this guy turn down tacos or alcohol. 
Oh. That's what scared me. Okay, so after the fact, okay, so you had this party at your house on, or I'm, I don't know the location, at an undisclosed location. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. mystery. And yeah, so after you had this party at this undisclosed location saying, fuck the system, fuck the social distancing, fuck all that shit, did you at least afterwards, like, disinfect everything? Like, did you go through and where you're like, hey, we just had a lot of people here. We need to, like, bleach everything. We need to really... Or was it just your standard cleaning? I mean, did, did, it, did it cross your mind at all that there was a lot of motherfuckers in your house? You had one asshole coming up from Corona that was shitting, spraying shit in your bathroom. Did you, like, do any <laughs> extra precautionary measures because of the coronavirus? Or did just, once again, nope, you didn't give a fuck? I mean, we, we did bleach and, you know, we, we did our normal. Well, we all actually right. we cleaned the um, place up with a lot of bleach. We used a lot of bleach and stuff. We made it real clean. And even when people left, yeah, we did the same thing. Man, I'll tell you what, man. I, 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 I have had a, a few interactions with people since this has been going down. I have had a couple <laughs> jobs where I had to go to work and, and do some work, uh, some essential employee shit. And it's so awkward because you run into these people and it's like, hey, how you doing? Or, no, we're not shaking hands. I mean, I have seen the elbow come into play where you kind of elbow somebody when you're saying hi. But it has created this whole awkward thing when you do run into people that you know and greeting. I mean, Charles, are you still doing handshakes or, 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 or are you avoiding handshakes at least? I'm trying to see if coronavirus is affecting you in any manner whatsoever. Yeah, I've, I've continued to handle with people I know personally still. If they want to shake my hand, I'll shake their hand. I don't mean, I'm not going to lie, I have shaken hands still. You know, still. I saw this meme talking about Mexican families, that Mexican social distancing <laughs> means that you only hang out with people that you know. And so I think I think Mr. No Filter has a little bit of Latin blood in him because, hey, if I know him, I'm going to shake their head. I mean, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know, Steph. Are, are you are you are you avoiding no, like? I don't think it's just Mexican people. I think I don't know if you saw on the news where the cops had to break up that party in L.A. Oh, that so one, the first a, birthday party. She was a crazy. one year old birthday party, and it was like forty people out in the street, and they had like twelve cops out there, cars and everything, riot gear and everything. Well, see, that was your program, down. You see, like was you know, the parties I'm throwing, not like dramatic like that. We try to be discreet. We know it's inbox for address. We don't put the address on the flyer. We know it's all inbox. Like it, it's need to know. Like if you're going, we'll give you the location. But that party, I think, was just like whoever. Like they put it on everything. The mainstream. Like yeah, come over anybody. See, that was stupid. Now that's stupid. You know, I'm now, just now I'm for just, you, Charles. Are you, are you limiting are you limiting at all how many people can come into your house parties? I know it's personal invite only. You're not putting the address up there and it's only inbox and you're only inviting people that you know. But is there a number that you would cap off from coming into your facility uh, or, or wherever the party's going uh, going down? Would you limit that at all? No. I wouldn't. Um it's just basically I just want to I just want to do a throw parties for people who really don't give a fuck about the coronavirus and just want to leave the house. They don't want to be cooped up in a house and they want to drink and have some fun and, you know, mingle with people. You know, it, it sucks being at home, especially if you're not used to being at home so much, you know, to get out. You know, you can't go to a bar. You can't go to a club. You can't go anywhere, you know, to have that social life, you know, and I'm just, you know, giving people that opportunity. And I just thought, you know, it was a great idea. Just, you know, why not? You know? Okay. All well, right. I'm just going to say that I enjoyed the, the stories and 
I get to mingle with my husband while watching your stories. And I feel like I'm there without being in contact with nobody. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you what. Now, Charles, what is your Instagram? Because you want your Instagram getting out there public. Like if somebody wants to see what's going on at these parties, if they want to get the invite to go to your parties, if they're just a gener- generation Z or that doesn't give a fuck about social distancing, uh, what is your what is your media profile for people that want to follow and watch the no filter stories going from these house parties that you've been hosting lately? It's Charles No Filter underscore thirty three. That's Charles No Filter underscore thirty three. You can follow him on Instagram. And I, I was think Charles I, might have a great idea. Maybe we should start going back to the old eighties and nineties shit where we took over warehouses, underground warehouses, and just. <laughs> Map as long as you know, you're you can open an under, underground strip club and shit. Yeah, yeah. Or do like do hey, like a pop up bar, a pop up bar where you have to wear gloves Speakeasies. and a face mask, but you could still come in and talk to your friends and listen to music and shit. Speakeasy. No Speakeasy. mask, no gloves, no entry. You know that shit's going on right now. That there's people that have oh, big bars yeah. on the property and they're having speakeasies definitely. doing that kind of stuff. Uh, I, yeah, I, that's definitely going to happen. But I'll tell you what, I was watching the, 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 the stories that Charles was posting. And by the way, Charles, uh, you must have been pleasantly intoxicated because by the end of your stories that <laughs> night, I could barely understand a fucking word that was coming out of your mouth. But I'll tell oh, yeah, you what, social distancing was in no way in place. I mean, I saw pictures. There was lap dances going on. There was, there was lots of fluids, lots of fluids going on at that no-filter party. I can tell you that. Alcohol uh, definitely, and, and probably bodily functions. So... I, yeah, I mean, if you, if you love, it was real fun. You know, if you love have getting blue balls, you know, <laughs> you would have want to be at my party. It was real fun. God man. damn. God damn. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't see Machado joining us. And um, man, I really want to talk to him because he has been in the hospitals there on the front lines during this whole thing. Uh, let me check my messages one more time from him. I don't see it there. I don't see it here. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Uh, oh, I got another request for doing a job. I guess I'm going to be working this Saturday. Um, okay. Well, I'll tell you what. We've been going for, it's 949. Anybody have any closing thoughts, any topics that they want to talk about before we close this show out? Open. I, oh, the floor is open. Stay safe. Use hand sanitizer. Well, hey, I didn't say closing words. I said, is there anybody that has a topic that they want to hit on? Oh. Well, in the comments, hey, there's you- people talking about how what do we do when we sneeze and cough? Where do we sneeze and cough in? We into sneeze into our elbows. Elbow. And then we bump so elbows. Everybody's doing that elbow our... shit now. Into somebody it's like else's your elbows. <laughs> but I'm saying, well, like, everybody's doing the elbow shit. So you guys should stop doing that as well because that can spread the fucking Yeah, you're probably right. But it puts you in an awkward situation because you don't know what the fuck to do. I mean, do you do jazz hands? What the fuck? You know, you don't. You, <laughs> I saw people doing the forearm grabs. I think, I think what we should do is just kick shoes. I just stand at an awkward <laughs> distance and wave. How about you? Right. Like, what's wrong with, like, standing 20 feet away and just being like... What's up, dude? Peace, hey. hon. <laughs> I don't know about y'all. I like to fuck. So I got to be close to my girl. I can't do that bullshit. Oh, we're not talking That's about your wife. That's As long as it's not face-to-face, you're good. That's what the CDC said. Yeah. Uh, but, but I'll tell you what. Has anybody subconsciously made, like, a circle of 10 people that they've been in contact since this, since the get go, whether it's family or friends where it's like, well, shit, I've already been in contact with this person. Like, am I the only one that is kind of like, I, I fell into this thing where it's like, I am social distancing, 
but I've kind of have like this group of 10 people that I've been around and it's like, well, fuck it. I've already been around them. And so kind of the rules don't apply as so significantly. Um, am I the only one that's making this mental list in my brain or, or is anybody else doing that too? In a way I get it. Yeah. Like, Oh, I, I've been around, you know, these people, but sounds about right. I mean, I did said, go off-roading a few weeks back with a certain group of people out of yep. the hills and, but well, we still practice social distancing. It was just pretty cool. So yeah, we did have fun and be safe at the same time. But I think, I think, yeah, Steph's in my circle of 10. Uh, uh, my, my friends, I'm not going to say their names, but I've got a couple other people in my circle of 10 and they're two kids. But I, I really haven't, the most I've been around, I've been around Steph. I've been around a family of four. And that's pretty much it. I guess Tom was out one day. And we kept our distance. And Tom, by the way, he's not on the show tonight because he said he wasn't, uh, he was tired or something or he wasn't feeling well or hope he doesn't have the corona. Yeah, poor Tom almost got massacred. In the no, I said he's just day. tired. He's worked. He worked really yeah. hard today. Yeah, rough day at work. So, so we gotta yeah, we gotta make yeah. sure that Tom is back here next week because it's not Shout the same. Without, yeah, not the same without a Boston accent. Uh, I checked my messages. I didn't have any messages from Chris some Machado. Khakis. Yeah, some khakis. Uh, so some I think we wrap this up. we've been going for. Uh, where did my phone go? I think we've been going for about almost close to two hours. Yeah, nine fifty-three. Yeah, about. Yeah, the wife's getting mad. I've been on here too long. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, she ain't, she's not mad about people having lap dances at, at parties that you guys are uh, hosting, but she gets mad when you're on the phone. Not at all. Long. She should be happy that you're social distancing because this, is, this has been a very social distance podcast. Everybody is miles and miles away from each other. Even me you and you. Yeah, Missy's in the house. I'm Ooh. in the garage, so, Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this is Jake from Radio Underland. Uh, we've had a, it, there's nothing funny that happened on this show. I always feel bad about the shows when we wrap them up and nothing funny has been said or happened. But at the same time, no. uh, there's a lot of serious shit going on in the world. And we're not allowed to talk about well, uh, Aaron eating ass because he won't share the show anymore if we talk about Aaron eating ass. So we have to leave that alone. <laughs> so, so I'm going to share it on his page specifically. There you go. And tag right? Just the clips of him talking about eating ass. Yeah. Just yeah. the beginning. So once again, that is Charles. What'd you say? Charles no filter underscore 33 is Charles's Instagram. Is that right? Charles no filter underscore 33. All right. And uh, I guess I'm not really promoting anything. Radio Underland, follow, like our shit, and follow us online. We had remaining. Yeah, oh Patreon, yeah. yeah. www.patreon.com backslash radio underland. If you want to support the show, uh send some money our way, uh chip into the beer fund, anything like that. Um, we got uh, Eric down there. Eric, is there anything that you're promoting? Yeah, promote your uh your 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 Instagram, at least for your brewing, uh for your brewery. Ah, oh, we're uh Tresguayas Brewing. We're on Instagram, Facebook, uh YouTube, talk reviews when they were open. Uh so it's three, the number three. Weyes, it's G-U-E-Y-E-S, Brewing. And uh, yeah, we're just responding to DMs and stuff right now, but we're still brewing, actually. Uh, secret location, oh, yeah? as we work you on our any, papers. You got any good beers coming out? Um, I mean, they're all good, but what are you brewing right now? Right now, we've got the Belgian White already kegged, and we just uh, tapped and tasted that one Saturday, actually. It was pretty good. Um, uh, are you, you going to throw a big house party and uh, and pass your beer around, or are you going to be like Charles No Filter? Hey, you know what? You <laughs> maybe DM. 
me, maybe you should team up with Charles new, uh, no filter and get your, uh, displays because Charles, whenever he has parties, it's a lot of bartenders and people in the bar industry. So maybe you need to team up with Charles and start uh, pouring at his uh, events. Definitely. If he ain't scarred. Hey, no, we even can. So we can just shoot cans out there too. <laughs> That's the social, <laughs> social distancing. Yeah, hey, definitely. You can just send, send some, send, send some free shit or whatever. I'll pay for it. I just, you know, I'm the same. I drink. So, you know, I'll get that shit on the camera. You'll, you'll see, we'll, we'll hit you up on Instagram. So it's uh, Charles no filter underscore 33. Yes, sir. All right. And there's ways uh, brewing to so check us out. We're, uh, we'll be in uh, LA. We're working on our papers, but we got some cool shit coming up. All right. All right. So everybody, it's been fun. It's been real. Well, it's been uh, talking, you know, sitting here talking about Mark of the Beast and the end of the world and all this other shit and social distancing. Coronavirus. Yeah, the virus. I, I, you know, Charles's uh, take on this whole social distancing and not, you know, doing his parties and everything. I mean, that's that's his opinion, man, and he can roll with that. But other than that, Aaron, Aaron, are you uh, are you promoting your Tinder account or anything? Is there is there a URL that we need to give out for you? Dude, we need to do a dating show with Aaron on it again. Yeah, we do. But Aaron, is there anything that you need to promote before we hang up? Oh, his microphone's muted, muted and he forgot to unmute it. I know what Aaron needs to promote. He's got a new Instagram that's all about his cooking. And I forget oh, what it is. Yeah. It's like Sith Lord Burrito Boy or something like that. Uh, Aaron, what is your cooking Instagram? Aaron, blink oh, twice if you can hear me. He's muted. Hold on. I muted, muted him. Oh, I, I muted him. Hold on. Aaron, uh, oh, I'm trying to unmute him and it's not unmuting. So you must have it. Oh, there you are. Aaron. There Aaron, what's your Instagram for your cooking? Good no. to know. Aaron, your microphone sucks ass. We don't mm. understand you. We can't. You're, it's Aaron, weird because like the, the you five of us, we can see him. It. Yeah, we can see him. Aaron won't eat ass and his microphone sucks ass. So there's a lot of ass play going on there for Aaron. I'll tell you Aaron what. Aaron should sign language it. Radio Underland, the social distancing uh, podcast coming at you. I'm Jake from Radio Underland. Once again, if you want to support the show, uh, subscribe to all of our media at Radio Underland, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. Uh, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash Radio Underland. And other than that, we will see you next week. And I keep on saying that I'm going to do some more like uh, podcasts during the week, but I swear to God, man, fighting this internet is a pain in the motherfucking ass. Uh, but other than that, I will see you guys later, and we are logging off of Facebook now. You guys later. have a Bye. later. Yeah, okay, and let me stop.